Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 35 of Lean Blog Audio. It's March 19th, uh, 2015. Today's post is titled Throwback Thursday, Creating the New American Hospital. So today's post is a look back at a 1993 book that I published uh, back in 2011 on uh, someone's recommendation. And it was probably one of those used books that you can buy for a penny on Amazon. It was titled Creating the New American Hospital, A Time for Greatness, kind of an optimistic title by uh, an author named V. Clayton Sherman. And that book is indeed available for a penny today, if uh, you want to check that out on Amazon. And I think you might. It's an interesting book. I had flipped through the book at the time, you know, as it was interesting for me uh, to, to get more context on how hospitals were not just suddenly in crisis, you know, financial or otherwise, in recent years, because again, this book is over 20 years old. So chapter one of the book is titled, Why Hospitals Fail. And the author says, quote, clearly something isn't working, unquote. So the problems that he lists includes hospitals that are closing or cutting services, malpractice suits and poor quality, the lack of key healthcare professionals and high turnover rates, uh, businesses and employers cutting health benefits to workers, canceled coverages, personal bankruptcies, and quote, even at a premium price, the quality of patient care can be well below acceptable levels. Sometimes care is world-class, sometimes far less, end of quote. And uh, it sounds familiar. You know, we have similar problems here in 2015. But the author's assessment then under the header of why hospitals fail is blunt. He says, quote, organizations fail because of poor management. Studies show executives often blame all sorts of external factors, labor attitudes, costs, or government regulations for their inability to compete in much the same way that too many hospital executives believe that the magic answer will be found from some outside source, such as national health insurance. So, and end of quote, this was from uh, the quote unquote Hillary care era in the, uh, the Clinton administration. So I've been saying similar things for a while um, that hospital executives, you know, for example, say they are forced to lay off employees due to external factors instead of taking ownership uh, and responsibility for the situation that they've placed their hospital in. Of course, a lot of hospitals out there, uh, including ThetaCare and others, have some form of a no layoffs philosophy here in 2015. They manage the organization in a number of ways to avoid putting themselves in the situation where they might uh, feel <clears throat> forced to lay off employees. So Sherman says bad management equals bad hospital performance. And so the author cites Robert Hayes, um, a professor from Harvard, somebody my MIT professor cited often during my time there in the late 90s, um, cites a 1980 HBR article. We're going deeper back in the time machine here, managing our way to economic decline. So from, from that article, Hayes wrote, quote, responsibility for this manufacturing competitive listlessness belongs not to just a set of external conditions, but also to the attitudes, preoccupations, and practices of American managers. By their devotion to short-term returns and, quote, management by the numbers, many of them have effectively forsworn long-term technological superiority as a competitive weapon, end of quote. So, I mean, you know, it's a different issue, but you know, I think, you know, Hayes and Sherman are saying basically that, you know, um, that, that the attitudes and the management system matters a lot. 
Sherman also cites Dr. Deming, who passed away in 1993, who said, quote, the kind of management being practiced in American corporations now and being taught at American business schools is the biggest producer of waste. These management practices are the cause of American corporate decline, unquote. And Sherman also cites Regina Herzlinger, who said in her 1989 HBR article titled The Fail Revolution in Healthcare, The Role of Management, she said, quote, Americans find services to be fragmented, impersonal, inconveniently located, and offered at unsuitable times. Then there's the quality of care itself, which is notoriously erratic. Although our healthcare system excels in heroic procedures that save lives, more common procedures are less expertly provided. For example, most experts concede that only a fraction of the 700,000 hysterectomies performed every year can be medically justified. A revolution that, in the 1980s, was supposed to transform the healthcare picture. But the revolution failed. What went wrong? I claim the failure was almost entirely that of management, not of strategy that the creators of these new organizations were so blinded by the vision of the dazzling new world they hoped to forge that they neglected the details of management that would breathe life into their vision. My purpose in this article is to reorient the revolution to a second stage that will be guided by those that believe in management as in architecture. God is in the details, end of quote. So it begs the question if the current healthcare revolution is also failing or will fail. And Sherman wrote that more money from Washington, D.C. would not be the answer. He says bluntly, uh, JCO, they refer to the time Joint Commission, is not the answer. And he says accountability lies with management, not some external group. So what can hospitals do? Well, Sherman sounds a lot like Dr. Deming when he says we need to stop the creation of fear. He writes, quote, people are intimidated, sometimes by autocratic and demeaning supervision, but more often by a system that seems out of control. Whatever the cause, it's certain that people will not embrace change, which is always fearful, unless the atmosphere in the organization is supportive and encouraging, end of quote. So again, that's still a challenge, an important challenge here in 2015. It's easy for management to blame employees for being resistant to change, but what we really need is, is not better, less fearful employees, but instead better management practices and methods, such as those Joe Schwartz and I wrote about in Healthcare Kaizen. So Joe and I, in, in our book or in our work, we we're hardly the first ones to advocate for Kaizen and a culture of continuous improvement in healthcare. Dr. Don Berwick was calling for Kaizen in the New England Journal of Medicine in 1989. And by the way, if you want to see a link to that article or to Sherman's book or anything else, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio 35. But on page 101 of his book, Sherman writes about what he calls do-it groups. And it sounds a bit like Kaizen. A do-it group is focused on, quote, solving a single specific problem within 30 days. The goal is improvement, not perfection. Quick implementation of these results can be followed up with successive improvements, end of quote. So do-it groups are focused on associates identifying problems and solutions. Although management is, as he says, allowed to suggest problem areas where they'd like to help, but they do not control the topics. Associates will take guidance with, quote, wise management getting out of the way. Now, the approach he describes is not exactly like Kaizen, but it's certainly something that sounds better than suggestion boxes and committees that just talk about problems endlessly. 
Sherman says that just do it assignments should be made to associates if it's not a, a big change, uh, if it's uh, you know, not big enough to require a group. He also emphasizes, and this is very Kaizen-like, that, quote, managers are expected to find a way to make a minimum of 90% of ideas work. That's the, the exact same threshold that Joe and I share in our book. It's a, a Toyota benchmark, and I've seen hospitals get really close to that number. We, we keep working towards something that can be implemented in, instead of just accepting and rejecting ideas. So Sherman adds, and I think this is a great idea, that Quote, in a number of hospitals, any do-it group recommendations that are turned down are reviewed by the CEO. This really keeps the heat on to change the system. So I think that's, that's a fascinating idea. If ideas are being rejected, escalate that to senior leadership. Now that CEO or other executive has to, of course, believe or agree in, in the approach that we want to be implementing 90% of our ideas instead of just rejecting and turning things down. So... Um, I think it's it's a really interesting book worth checking out. Um, you know, Sherman compares what he calls the old hospital and the new hospital in in chapter two of the book, and and a lot of this I think would would really remind you of lean thinking. And it's a book that was probably ahead of its time in many ways. Um, again, Sherman published this in. 1993. I'm curious if there's anyone listening or, or reading who's been in healthcare for 25 years, if, if they uh, remember this book and if it had any influence at the time. You know, I've tried connecting with the author on LinkedIn, and maybe we'll be able to do a podcast together in uh, my regular Lean podcast interview series, which you can find at leancast.org. Thanks for listening. Podcasts are sponsored by Kinexus, where we're passionate about helping the world improve and innovate more effectively with our web-based software. Learn more at www.makeimprovementhappen.com.